Hello and welcome to Peace of Me, the podcast by Zalando. I'm Janine Matos, your host and Senior Program Manager for Partner Services here at Zalando. In each episode, I welcome an inspirational expert from Zalando to take a deep dive into our exciting and multifaceted industry and also share lots of practical tips and trends to help you on your own career and work journey. Each guest brings in three items as they reveal their motivations, stories, and what they've learned along the way. A piece that is close to their heart, one from their career, and one from their role at Zalando. Usually we focus on people's position and teams at Zalando, but today I have two employees who are actually members of an ERG at Zalando. Today, I have Cassandra Pope, Head of Portfolio Management, and Lisanne Dornbota, Acting Director of Partner Acquisition. They are members from BC, the Black Employee Connection. Hi, Cassandra. Hi, Lisanne. Welcome to today's episode. How are you today? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Janine. Thank you so much for having us. Before we jump into conversation and explanations of the three items, can you just please list all three items that you brought. Let's start with Cassandra. What are the three items that you brought? Yeah, for sure. So I started with what is something personal to me, and that is my very own VHS copy of The Matrix. Then I have an item that is representative of the BEC community to me, and that is a copy of The Stone Sky written by N.K. Jemison. And finally, I have another book, which is representative of my journey at Zalando. And this book is simply called Strategic Project Portfolio Management. So I'll get into the details, the juicy details later. And Lizanne, what are the three items that you brought? So my three items are my BlackBerry, which is a real phone still. <laughs> and it's my current phone. I get asked that. Like when I showed this to Cassandra and Alexis, they're like, oh, is this a relic? And I'm like, no, that's my actual <laughs> phone that I still use. So it's the latest and also last version of the BlackBerry. And then they're going out of business. And then I brought, as a Zalando piece, I brought my laptop because I've worked here for six years and it's still my first laptop. I've never swapped it and I can give a bit of a um, reason why, maybe later. And then my third item is more of a proxy. It's the book I'm reading right now, which is called Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. But for me, it represents basically my love and also my degree in African-American literature, which is also one of the things that ties me to the BC in a deeper personal interest, I think. So before we dig into the personal items that you brought and then the other ones, I would like to right away discuss BC. When was it created and how was it created? Yeah, um, I guess I can kick it off and then hand over to Lazan. So... The BEC, when was it created? My goodness, I think we originated unofficially in about 2018 already. And back then, it was quite literally a couple of Black women from the company who found each other in the hallways of the company and decided to meet on a regular basis just for dinner, for discussion, for exchanging advice, hair care tips, where to go in Berlin for the best products. But yeah, that was quite literally the start, the unofficial start of the BEC was just a group of black women who came together. Then it was definitely just, if you see another black person in the hallways of Zalando, reach out, let them know that we are trying to create this community. 
And that is then when we found that there was actually a similar community in place for men at Zalando, black men. And we decided to kind of merge. And that, I would say, is when we officially established ourselves as an ERG, an employee resource group here at Zalando. And we had our first dinner. Man, I think that was 2019. I think it was 2018. And I'll say that the first like formalization for me was also when Jim Freeman was like, oh, we had something similar in Amazon and you should like look into that. And I think he was the first person to introduce me to the concept of an ERG and like more of a of an official thing than rather just a bunch of people finding they have something in common that might be identity giving and then, you know, basing a friendship, a loose or like network on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we remained a private space and kind of an inward focused community for about two years until 2020 came. And with that, you know, the murder of George Floyd and this entire kind of worldwide movement for Black Lives Matter. And that is when we, you know, reflected a bit and questioned, okay, do we now want to make ourselves a bit more formal in the sense that we want, you know, a core collective part of this big community that has grown that will now collaborate with senior leadership at Zalando and really strive to make the workplace a better space together with those senior leaders. And I mean, you did an amazing job so far, as from what I can see as someone who's not part of the ERG, the onboarding of more Black-owned brands and also making sure that there are like guidelines on how to not be um, discriminatory so that you were very involved with senior leadership on making sure that you have a safer workplace. In fairness, there was always the diversity guild, you know, that would be more like cut across horizontally around these topics. And they were here long before there was like an ERG landscape. And then when the ERG started emerging, you know, around those different communities, I think this is then also where Zalando kind of asked themselves, okay, how can we also collaborate um, with, and to some degree probably also utilize these ERGs? I would say the onus doesn't sit with the ERGs at this point. Um, So for us as the BEC ERG, we've started to refocus on just building our community, making that a safe space. And we've taken a step back from really kind of driving bigger initiatives across the company until we we get that guidance from the company on it. What exactly is this role that they would like and would see ERGs playing moving forward? So, How many members um, does the BEC have? Oof, I think we're around roughly 200 members. I think um, like if you want to view that number as, as a KPI almost, then the truth is we can only basically attract the people that are already hired to this company. The reality is that in Germany, your ethnicity isn't stated anywhere. The additional reality is that black is not a real term, right? You cannot really decide who is black or who isn't. You can make a definition for your own purpose in space, but that won't necessarily hold globally or universally or across time. So for now, we have defined that word or the sense of blackness in in some form or another descendant of Africa, which is very high level. You could challenge that many, many ways for sure. But the truth is also that in none of my paperwork does it say that I am black. So this is also where 
you cannot be sure that everybody you would look at and decide in your head that you're looking at a black person would agree with you. And the other way around, you're looking at someone and you decide that you don't believe them to be and that's how they self-identify, right? So this is where this becomes a very slippery slope. Yeah, yeah. I would say while we don't control the hiring aspect, I'm sure there are many employees in the company who may not be totally aware of us, especially as, you know, in the last year and a half, we have focused very internally on the community. So that is a call out to anybody listening. If you work at Zalando and you identify as Black, please do reach out. (laughs) Our space does exist uh, and we would be happy to have you. I would even build on that and say this is true for all ERGs because I feel for instance, if you're in leadership, I think, if, and you have a new hire, and Zalando is a very big place, right? And it's not so organically easy, maybe, to find people that you can connect with instantly. Although I will say that the welcome culture here is unlike anything I've ever seen in other companies. In a good or in a bad way? In a good way. So what I would like to directly also ask, I mean, you already have touched here and there, what it really means for you to actually have this I mean, you said it before, it was a safe space. So what does it really mean to know that you have people who are with you in the same community? Yeah, I mean, I can jump into it. And I think it speaks to actually one of the items that I brought today, which was my copy of The Stone Sky by N.K. Jemison, which is part of an, a brilliant fantasy science fiction trilogy called The Broken Earth. This book, <laughs> I won't go into details about the book, but what I will say is that It has left a very big mark on my heart because I finished reading this probably around the end of August 2020. 2020 was a pretty emotional, traumatizing year, I think, for our community. And I remember at the end of August, that is also when we had the passing of Chadwick Boseman, who was the Black Panther. And... That culminating with the end of this book, which was quite bleak and also speaks a bit to the Black community and just politics today, I will say, that left me in a really dark space. And I remember at the time, I was so happy to be part of a community where the passing of Chadwick Boseman was understood, I think, across all the members as incredibly impactful. You know, we all felt that and we didn't need to explain it to each other, why that was such an important moment for us. And I was so grateful, honestly, to have members of that community whom I could lean on because, my goodness, the amount of tears that I shed that week, (laughs) as well as the rest of 2020, I really needed that emotional support. And I would say that has been valuable beyond words to kind of have this safe space and this community where I don't need to explain myself. And there's just a bit of understanding with events such as this. I I remember you being in that position of like so much going on and actually this emotional roller coaster you were going through. So kind of everyone was looking at you like, can you now please let us know why it's important that we all educate ourselves and what's going on? Like, educate us. Gosh, the weight we actually put on you. There's safety in numbers. And being with people that will not potentially see your ethnicity or your racial background as a deficit that you in their eyes may or may not have overcome, that is just a very nice break from an environment where no matter how 
welcome you feel and no matter how well you're doing within it you will still have some sort of a guard up at all times because you never know what people are thinking really and how how you're being valued maybe against what they have as a pre-notion of of who you are based on experiences they have or have not even had with people from that same community because being treated as a sole individual is a privilege that sometimes black people simply don't have so it is nice to have a community where all of these things are just understood and where you can also i don't know just just have a good laugh in a safe space and that's that's just very nice also coupled, honestly, I mean, Lazan and myself are here and, you know, we are black women who are in senior positions in the company. And so I think you have that and possibly being the only person who maybe represents what you identify in rooms, even with all of this going on and impacting me, perhaps outside of the workplace, you know, I need to keep a certain facade on or, you know, keep a mask up and continue to operate in a certain way to ensure that I'm not seen as maybe failing or making a mistake, which I think can have a much bigger impact for somebody who represents a minority. Because then, unfortunately, there are people who then look at you as you are a representative of that entire community, which of course is not fair, right? So I think, again, all of this kind of just speaks back to why having that community as a safe space is so important because that is then a space where you can go into and breathe a sigh of relief and kind of drop all of that uh, and quite honestly just be yourself. So Lizan, tell me about your first piece that is close to your heart, your Blackberry. <laughs> So my BlackBerry, um, I read this thing about tech innovations and so on. And the theory there was that everything that was there when you were born is normal. Everything that came about before you're 35 is something you'll adopt. And anything that comes after, you'll just see as like stupid and, and not something that anyone ever needed, right? And I'm not trying to age myself here, but I did start my career in an American company. And that was in 2018. Eight and everybody had a BlackBerry and that was like, you're in business now. You have a BlackBerry. What I will say is that it's indestructible. It has physical keys. This means I can have my kid on my back, my cat under my arm and still write a message without even typos, which even if I concentrate on an iPhone, that's not true. That will not happen. There will be a typo <laughs> for sure or a weird <laughs> autocorrect or something. It is specifically dear to my heart because I feel that ever since I had my first phone and like, I don't know, like in late teenage years, my phone has always been on silent because I also don't really like phone calls. Ever since I became a mom, it's on full blast because, right, what if today is the day that daycare calls you and now your phone was silent? So this is why I always have my BlackBerry on me in case I'm needed at my real job, which is motherhood. Did you buy all the Blackberries that are at there so in case this one breaks down, you already have the next one? Unfortunately, they will stop making phones. <laughs> this is this is the this is the latest edition, but it's still the last one I'll have. But now, since I saw that, I don't know what company brought out a flip phone again, and I feel we've come full circle. Oh, I think Samsung, right? I will admit I have a spare BlackBerry at home, so I could, I could, I have a fallback BlackBerry. So, Cassandra, not surprised at all that you brought Matrix as your close to your heart item piece 
but for everyone listening and not knowing the big love you have for that movie, that story, and Keanu Reeves. Tell us why, Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't get into Keanu Reeves because that's a whole different story. But um, yeah, The Matrix. Oh, my goodness. I think the first time that I watched it, I was... 10 or 11 years old when it released the film. Basically, when that came out, my dad rented it from not Blockbuster. We were stationed in southern Germany on a U.S. military base. So we rented it from the on-base movie store. And you were allowed to keep it for two weeks. And I think I begged him to keep it for four weeks the first time around. And then I kept having him re-rent it so I could watch it literally every night. And eventually he came home with this purchased VHS copy for myself. So I had my very own copy of The Matrix. Why is it so important? Man, why is it not important, right? Um, First off, I am a huge science fiction fan and I just love the concept of science fiction. I think it's, you know, it's rooted in reality and science and answers a lot of what if questions, you know, what if this happened? The Matrix was mind blowing, (laughs) its entire concept and also I felt super seen, you know, the lead character within this group, um, aside from Keanu Reeves, of course, (laughs) is Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne. So Morpheus, he is, you know, the leader of this group within the real world. And he was epic. He was powerful. And it was just so incredible to finally see some science fiction where there is a world or a future in which people envision different ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds coming together. And I think that's the beauty of science fiction. I think this was really beautiful to see, and it definitely stuck with me. My entire room was filled with Matrix posters up and down. (laughs) I still watch this quite regularly. I love, love, love this movie. So, Lizan, tell me about the community piece that you brought. So I brought, um, like I said, it's the novel called Hell of a Book written by Jason Mott, which I can really recommend. But it is not so much about this book, but it's about my love. And also I majored in African-American literature and political science. And for me, African-American literature is just a passion of mine. And it is such an important piece of originating an oral tradition even hailing back from um, Africa, then being brought on to the United States. And I feel that it translates and, and transports so much of culture and cultural narrative and also gaining control over the narrative because usually history was written by the winners and that historically has not been people from Africa, however far removed. So I believe that the ability to write down your own story is so empowering and that is a very critical piece to african-american culture as well because obviously during slavery it was forbidden to even teach or learn how to read and write to a slave so there are books by written by tony morrison which i have read maybe five to ten times every time i'm in for instance the hospital or something i'll bring a copy just so i have a place to go yeah for me literature in general is extremely important And that piece is just for me one of the connectors to also my broader global diaspora culture. Cassandra, I know you love reading too. So I was like, oh, there's another connector. So your community journey piece is a book. And I actually already started talking about it. So tell us more. I think I covered the majority of it, right? And how it represents that community for me because... 
uh, N.K. Jemison. She is a you know a Black American woman from the U.S. and she she's brilliant. And this trilogy is brilliant. And I think it between the lines it definitely speaks to the Black community and politics at play and just life um, in general. And yeah, the third book was quite bleak for me at least, but that may also be a reflection of everything I was going through in 2020. I was so grateful to have a community, you know, within the company who many have become very close friends for me, um, just surrounding me um, and members who I don't have to say a word to. Yeah, that's really the connection there is just I'm so grateful to have that community around me. Lizanne, your third piece, please. You can see I'm very loyal to to tech um, products and, and hardware. So it's my first laptop still that I use today that I got when I started in Zalando six years ago. It's a Mac, right? No, it's a ThinkPad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have, you'll laugh now, I, I have a MacBook at home, which uh, my husband calls the Netflix machine, because that's literally the only thing I do. And, but um, no, it's still my first laptop. Um, and it is, first of all, I don't like to be wasteful. And if it still works and does the job, why swap it? But then also, when I started in Zalando, I was a little overwhelmed sometimes by the size of the workforce and how many people worked here. And although I had a team and they were very welcoming, I was also looking to connect maybe on on more of a philosophical level with other people or even politically so. And I joined the Diversity Guild then and they gave me these stickers around being champions for diversity and being inclusive and all that. And I also kind of felt so proud to work for a company that openly lived these values and endorsed, you know, also spaces that would have these groups. And that made me very happy. And it very much helped with my cultural onboarding to the company. And I put these stickers on the laptop. And now I kind of, I kind of don't want to let go. I can understand that because I also have a lot of stickers on mine. I'm like, if I ever get a new laptop, I'm really sad actually having to let go of those uh, stickers. So, Cassandra, the next book, which was Project Program Portfolio something something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) it's just on strategic portfolio management. And I brought this simply because my journey at Zalando, oh my goodness, how did I start? So when I started at Zalando, which was eight years ago already, my first position was actually junior onboarding manager. You know, that was such a fun time. (laughs) But yeah, since then, I think I've had about four to five different roles. And I will have to say it was probably when I started in portfolio management about two and a half, three years ago, where I finally felt like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I love. Like, this is what I want to do. So I'm super grateful to Zalando and the company for also just providing that space uh, where I got to explore a little bit and, you know, try on different hats, if you will, and to really kind of figure out what I want to do. Because if you had asked 18-year-old me back then, if I'm going to go into portfolio management, I would have given you a very puzzled look. So. <laughs> I am super happy to be working in strategic portfolio management at Zalando. Yeah, definitely passionate about it. I love it. And I love to see its growth as well in the company. I actually would like to know before we wrap up, 
If you have any tips, tricks, or any wise words you want to share before we close this episode. That's a tough one. I don't even feel like I'm worthy of wise words to give. I think what I would say is trust your instincts, you know, wherever you can and feel you have this safe space to do so. Be your whole self and try to also reflect that in your work because I think it makes a big difference. I think I would also say don't be afraid to make mistakes. You know, allow yourself to explore in your journey and really figure out what it is you want to do. It's okay if you don't know what you want to do and you're in your mid to late 20s, like, or beyond, honestly. Like, you know, now it's getting more and more acceptable to have career changes throughout your life. See, very worthy final words. Thank you so much, Cassandra. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Thank you for having us. This was so much fun. It was. Thank you for everyone listening. Thank you so much for being part of it. And if you want to give us any feedback or have any suggestions, feel free to comment on our Instagram page, Inside Zalando. If you'd like to know more about careers at Zalando, go to jobs.zalando.de. Our next episode is coming in two weeks. And I'll be talking to another guest from Inside Zalando about life inside the fashion and tech retail industry. And of course, there are three pieces of me. In the meantime, visit our Instagram page, Inside Zalando, to know more about us.